Hey everyone, this is Tino Beth from the Quantum Feedback Podcast, and this is episode number 10. Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast, where together we'll explore the bridge between science and spirituality, translate the messages of the divine, and play the infinite game to live, love, and learn life lessons. I'm your host, Tino Beth. Let's dial in to quantum feedback. Welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by Mind Movies. Mind Movies is a general thing that we do every day. We build pictures in our minds, and that is the the creating force that actually manifests our reality the way it is. So when, in particular with this episode, when we're bringing in children, when we're bringing up children, we have to be aware of the mind movies, the narratives that we're playing, because these children that we're giving birth to, that we're raising, they're going to be programmed by these mind movies that we carry around. So in order to reprogram, to you know, break the cycle of conditioning that we're all influenced by, it's really important to create a, a digital vision board that is a mind movie, that is a, a powerful tool for you to use to help you to reprogram your mind. So if you're interested about creating your own mind movie to program your life so that you're creating in a more positive way, in a more positive aspect, then go to quantumfeedback.org forward slash mind movies. That's quantumfeedback.org forward slash mind movies. Today I'll be talking with Zuzana Buckley. She's an amazing woman that I met during a coaching program that I participated in a couple of years ago. And during that process, I really got to know Zuzana and really got to discover her gifts and her talents and really just her passion for bringing in the new generation of life and, and using the, the Steiner, the Rudolf Steiner philosophy to do that. And, uh, and it's very dear to my heart because I went to a Steiner school. I went to the Kate Byron Rudolf Steiner school for 12 years, and I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to go there and I got the opportunity to be exposed to such... Um, I guess, alternative schooling in in the modern-day mainstream sort of education system. And, yeah, I'm really excited to explore in this episode with Zuzana. She's going to be holding space for me as we're going to be exploring the concept of um, free birthing and giving birth and having children and welcoming in the new generation into this journey on planet Earth. So... I hope you enjoy my conversation with Zuzana Buckley. But I really want to thank you for um, doing this with me. I don't know exactly oh, what we're okay. doing, but um, we're just talking. Just talking. <laughs> I don't know when you when you mentioned one of those comments that um, you chose um, free bit. Um, yep. I was like, "Yay, that's interesting!" And I find it um, so. I've been um, so since ever I was pregnant with William. Um, so maybe I'll just walk you a little bit through like um, how did I get to the different choices I got. So when I was pregnant with Lotus, um, I was 22. And um, even though I had a big insight on, let's say, 
spiritual life and I don't know all these different perspectives um when it came to the having babies and all of that um I didn't have any support so I was living in, in Edinburgh and um yeah with my partner and you know I was working and I just I don't know I just went with it you know um and yeah so the choices I, I had loaders in a hospital in Slovakia so we lived in Edinburgh and Scotland but then my partner's visa ran out so he had to leave the country so and I was like eight months pregnant so what do you do right so we said like oh hi mom can I move in with you uh with my big tummy um yeah well my, my my parents are awesome so they said of course so um so yeah and then I didn't know really you know I started I, I remember I read a few books um that sort of spoke to me it was like an orgasmic birth or so, I don't know something else but then um when we got to Slovakia all the prenatal care was in Edinburgh it was in Scotland so you know I didn't know anyone I didn't have any continuation of care and and you know my mum had babies like 22 years ago the last one had me so we just she just said I'll oh, choose a hospital and off you go um so I chose a hospital and my experience giving birth there was um pretty traumatic it wasn't from the physical point of view like you know people would say oh you had you're healthy and you had a healthy baby um but the way I felt it was just absolutely um horrible um yeah it was just um it was it was a nightmare um yeah the medical system in Slovakia is like really outdated mm. what they do now still is what it's been done let's say when i was a baby mm. so i spoke to many people in australia and they said this is what has been happening 50 years ago here but that australia evolved in this way um so yeah, and I felt very disconnected from my baby. I didn't know what to do. We had no bonding. We had nothing. Uh, they took her away. You know, all of this horrible stuff happened. And I remember bringing Lotus home after four days. And I thought, like, this is the hardest thing uh, in the world. Like, I was like, how are there six billion people in the world? Because this is the hardest thing and I'm going to die. I was so anxious. I was just, like, falling apart. It was a, it was a nightmare. Um, yeah, and then, um, you know, I just sort of, you know, you can't just like escape and be like, well, I'm not going to be a mom now. You can't get rid of your baby. So I had to go with that. And I think she was three months and I just felt intuitively guided to relieve her birth. So I just closed my eyes and went into meditation and I relieved her birth. And the moment she came out, I put her on my chest that I really felt like the calling to do that and it was literally I heard a sound it was like this flash of light and like all the connections that were meant to be you know meant to happen at the moment of birth they were built three months later so mm. since that moment I felt more at ease it wasn't you know it still wasn't easy um but yeah I I felt very affected by the way um that birth went in so many ways so and yeah um what was your biggest biggest shock from the system um just i felt treated like a literally like a cow <laughs> anymore being in a you know like there was no hello names you know there was just like people coming in and out like i'm in this vulnerable place there's i have about 16 people there right so mm. these students no one ever asked me if i'm okay with that they let my partner in about 
I don't know, when I was like about to give birth, right, like the whole time he couldn't come in. He, so I was there alone with this cleaner walking around me and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, are these people serious? And, um, yeah, they did, you know, they pushed on my tummy, they cut me and they did whatever they wanted. No one asked me if it's like, you know, if I'm okay or told me like we're going to do this. It was all, I just literally felt like um, I don't have a name, I'm not a human. I don't feel, you know, there was just like, oh, let's just get the baby out, you know, let's just, not a woman having a baby. Mm. Um, yeah, and Mechanical. the same when she came, yeah, when when they, you know, when, when she came out, they chopped the cord, no one ever asked me if I'm okay with that. They took her away, you know, and, and all of that stuff. So um, it all felt wrong, but I couldn't verbalize. I wasn't strong in my opinions at that time around this thing around the birthing mm. that I would be able to um you know tell them like I don't want this or come into the hospital with a birthing plan so many people will do that people can have a beautiful experience um, in hospital but um yeah I didn't um so yeah so all of that sort of set me on this different trajectory where I started you know and even being a new mom and um you know parenting on its own um, it's going to help you grow in so many ways. Mm. So, um, you know, I started all these feelings inside and asking all these questions and all these different journeys happened inside of me. And then, um, yeah, when I knew the next baby I want, I wanted very different. Um, and then, yeah, then when I was pregnant with my second baby, I, um, yeah, I knew I wanted a home birth. And, um, yeah, I still didn't feel very confident with the decision because let's say my, my husband's family, you know, they all seem like crazy. Um, and, um, you know, they all do all the mainstream stuff. And I didn't have any friends at that time who would have a home birth. So it was sort of like, oh, you know, I, I would love to do this, but how am I going to do this? Um, so I wanted to get a private midwife, but that's like $5,000 out of your pocket. I'm like, well, we, we can't do that. Were you in Australia at the time or in... No, yeah, um, Australia. Australia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we moved to Australia when Lotus was about four months. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this was 2016, yeah. And, um, yeah, so then, um, yeah, I, 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 but I was already part of the community, at least on the internet, people here on Gold Coast who um, would say don't vaccinate the children mm. or uh, taking their life in a little bit different, with a different perspective. And they... Um, make different choices. So um, when I reached out there, um, I've been recommended to doula that she's happy to do a home birth. Her, she was affordable. And then I was Googling and I found the home birth, Gold Coast home birth support group. So I started going there every month and I got everything I needed from there. All my friends now, hmm. the best friends I have are from that group. Um, I made so many beautiful connections. Just found my tribe really there. And, um, yeah, and I got I heard all the stories, you know, how it's possible, how it's okay, how it's easy, how it's safe, all of those things that I needed to feel confident and comfortable to have a baby at home. Um, and then yeah, then we had the we had the limb at home, and it was such a different experience. Um, yeah, yeah. Were and you? okay, this was this was my sorry, <laughs> I talked too much. Uh, this was my long story, but when you were saying that. Um, yeah, when you, when you had your comment on, uh, on yeah, Instagram, um, 
I was sort of thinking there is not many people or not many. I haven't heard many male stories from the perspective. So when I used to go to my home birth group, I still go there. Um, it's always women come. Sometimes they bring partners. It doesn't happen often. They sometimes come and sometimes they're, they, you know, share you know, a little bit here and there. But I just thought it would be such a great opportunity to, if you're willing to, to share your perspective, even like on, I was thinking about it today, like how did you uh, experience when your uh, partner was pregnant? Mm. Or, you know, how the birth was for you? Why did you make the choices? Or what was the process for you? Because I, being a woman, I, you know, I have, mapped the journey pretty well and hearing all these stories sharing stories with my friends you know i i love to listen to birth podcasts and all of that so i i have heard so many stories from the women's perspective but there's not many men that uh, share that so it will be really i I would say enlightening to know that Mm. awesome yeah thanks for that um thanks for sharing your story and and opening up the floor for me to share mine, I suppose. No, Cause no one's really asked me to dive in deep before. And it's been, yeah, it is exciting. It's been fascinating because, um, you know, I, I was, what am I? I was like 32 or something when I had a layer, when we had a layer and I feel like I had a whole lifetime. I had 10 years between when you had your first child and, um, you know, when I had my child, so I had like this whole wealth of wisdom about the system, about the, you know, the mainstream model of, of, um, of birthing and stuff like that. So I had a pretty good, like overview of that whole, that whole matrix operation. And as a result, I, I was always like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I'd prefer, you know, to do it my own way and just to do it real naturally and um you know and and i suppose i'm i'm a bit nescient in the whole thing like um what's that word i don't understand that word nescient is i just haven't been exposed to a lot of information a lot of birth stories a lot of like community support networks yeah so i haven't really done i didn't really do that to prepare i read a couple of books really um midwifing Spiritual midwifing and um, spiritual midwifery. Yeah. Spiritual midwifery and and the holistic yeah. herbal midwifery book. I can't remember what that one's called. Okay. Um, so I read those two books and we looked at several like um, several examples, several stories, and you know, as far as I could deduce, the birthing process and the journey essentially was um, was a pretty natural one. You know, like mm. women have been giving birth to children for thousands of years naturally like without anything and especially without the stress of being in a hospital situation and whatever the stresses that um would come up from that so you know for me it was really important to um to protect my unborn child from you know modern technology from the beginning so we moved into a place that was semi you know off the grid we didn't have internet signal so to speak and and that was sort of like our little cozy, you know, like um, home leading up to the birth. And, um, you know, and it allowed us to like really just, you know, ground ourselves in this process. And, you know, we did, we, we went to a medical center to get a checkup and, 
um, Jerrica, my partner at the time, well, my, you know, Jerrica, she, um, you know, we got a little checkup and, and they did a, t- I think I did, they did a blood test or something like that. And they were like, Oh, you got like high risk blood with my blood compatibility. And they were like already putting the fear of God into oh, yeah. us, yeah. you know, like, Oh, you need to come back and get some scans and, you know, and there was just like this big rabbit hole of like, you know, this slippery slope. They're very efficient at putting, you know, yeah. that fear into people especially when you don't have, you know, that ability to critically think and to be, you know, confident in your own abilities yeah. and, um, you know, and confident in doing and you know, showing up in the moment and just, yeah. you know, rising to the occasion. Yeah. And um, so we didn't go back at all after that. Mm. We didn't get any ultrasounds or anything. So the birth was a complete surprise, whether it was a boy or a girl. And, um Yeah, where, where am I going with this? It's like, I suppose what we, you know, the mindset we sort of took during this whole like leading up to this birth, you know, three months leading up to it was, well, you know, babies are born on planes, on trains and cars and, you know, they they can they can just be birthed anywhere, you know, so the human body is incredibly resilient to be able to do that and they can be birthed in hospitals, which are potentially extremely stressful situations um, with the lights and all the different frequencies and whatever people. Mm. So we were, that was our mindset leading into this, except that we weren't, we weren't planning to be on a plane or a train. We were planning to be at home, you know, Mm. with all the creature comforts that we had. And we, we had rented a birth pool and set that up and had that all ready to go. And, you know, and then, it, it just came down to, and it, well, actually going back, like there was a big, um, you know, like I suppose part of this whole story was created because of the financial pressures of, well, a midwife to support you in your birth is like, like you said, it's like a $5,000 yeah. investment. And, yeah. I, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, we don't have $5,000 right now. And, yeah. you know, no one's, no one's putting their hand up going, here's $5,000 for a midwife. And I think, <laughs> and I think we missed the whole booking in with the local midwifery group or whatever there is down here in the Byron Shire. There's like hospital set up thing or whatever. And um, yeah. so we kind of missed that. And also we weren't like, we weren't pushing for support from external sources. Yeah. Um, so a little bit was like, ah, oh, okay, so we can't afford to get a midwife and we don't want to go to hospital. So, oh, let's just do it ourselves mm. and, um, and have a free birth. And, and that seemed like the logical solution. So we were pretty prepared. We knew what we had to do. We were, you know, five minutes away from a hospital if we needed to or maybe 15 minutes if you, um, if you really want to call it that. And, um, you know, and we had a little bit of like, we knew people that had been midwives, <laughs> like my stepmom. She, you know, is an ex midwife, still a midwife, I suppose, or whatever, but she's not, you know, on that front line anymore. And she was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be there. I can, you know, help and you can call me and whatnot. And that was interesting. But, um, 
yeah and then essentially besides that it was just us leading up to the birth and um you know and making you know maintaining a um an even keel just like low stress and you know beautiful sort of supportive environment for each other I just know from experience and from hearing other stories that the first time it's always there's this sense of, you know, you're not, you're not really sure what's going to happen. Like, you know, when I had my second baby, I sort of knew what to expect. Even though every birth is different, mm. you, sort of, you sort of know what to expect. And, um, and I remember just this one story um, stuck in my head when there was this woman having, she and her partner chose a free birth. And during the birth, um, she really needed to look into woman's eyes and hear that she can, she can do it. Like, you know, her partner was there. He was absolutely amazing, supportive, all of that, but she just needed a woman. And I'm just wondering if, um, was there a stage where you, I don't know, you or, or Jerica felt like you would need someone there or did she share something like that, that she would love someone there or were you just really working on getting the confidence and be feeling comfortable in, um, just you two doing it. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm pretty I was pretty fortunate, I suppose. Jerica's a very strong willed woman and independent in that way that, you know, once she sort of sets her mind to something, she is determined to make that the reality. And um so yeah, I didn't I didn't see that in her except for maybe the eleventh hour where, you know, like she was in serious labor and she was like, quick, call Jacinta, you know, like, and that's probably that moment where she was like, I need a woman here to say, hold me by the hand and look me in the eyes and say, you know, just do your normal thing sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's probably like when that came up, but you know, during that pro during that time, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I called Jacinta and she didn't pick up the phone (laughs) on both on both of her phones or whatever so i was like oh okay well that was that's that so that was yeah it was um so i'll just i'll just continue with the story because it was like i guess we were sort of we were pretty casual about it we went for coffee the the day before we were cruising around as you do i think And um, and then we went home and had everything all sorted. And then, you know, Jericho started to feel some, you know, some bigger contractions and whatnot. And and I was like, all right, wow, today might be the day. And mind you, this is just after we had floods like three and a half years ago or, yeah, th- yeah. three was years the, ago. Wasn't it the, um, the cyclone, whatever, Debbie? Yeah, Debbie, yeah, uh, cyclone Debbie time. So there's like a lot of flooding happening, a lot of like chaos around in the, um, you know, in the community. And it's just three days after that. So we were, um, yeah, it was just leading up to the birth and, and Jerick was feeling the contractions and I was like, all right, this is going to be a big day, like a big, this is going to be a big night. So <laughs> me being semi-familiar with the stress or the, the stresses, the pressure of of having to be, focused and and really present because i'd had that experience with the sailing boat you know sailing through rough weather and you know and having to be there and be you know like showing up 24 7 like every moment i kind of saw this window of opportunity i was like all right 
I feel like we're going to have this baby tonight. I'm going to have a quick nap. <laughs> so I went and had a quick nap and she, she got, you know, I guess, you know, she got some time to herself to get in touch with all these feelings and emotions. And then, you know, after an hour or two, I, I woke up again. I can't remember exactly how long I was napping for, but you know, and then everything was starting to ramp up and, and, you know, contractions were getting bigger and, you know, pressure was building. And, and it was like, you know, for me, I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing here <laughs> to be honest. Like, I was like, Oh my God, like what's happening. And then, all I had to do was really just to let go and to trust her to do this process and to make space and to really just accommodate, um, you know, her birthing journey and, um, and really just to, you know, be there just to connect, you know, like connect the dots in, in whatever way I could. So it was, I think it was fairly quick actually in terms of, um, you know, um, birthing, experiences where she was getting like real heavy contractions and then we moved her into the birthing pool and then it was like 30 minutes later you know um a layer popped out in the pool and i you know i'd never been a father i never had a child before so i was like wow i never even experienced this whole thing obviously and um and then caught my baby in the water and, you know, and this is like, this is like complete unknown. Like I was, I had, I, I, I was like, I, <laughs> I am out of my element right now. Like, and then I looked around and I was like, all oh, right, there's no one here. That's right. What are we doing? <laughs> you know? And then it was just like, okay, cool. Well, you know, just, you know, went back to the basics and like observed things again and like, okay, cool. Okay. Things are going good. Like pull the baby out of the water, you know, like let's get some oxygen, let's get, let's get it breathing and stuff like that. And, you know, she did and the placenta came out, we caught that and, um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a juggle, just the two of us to like manage this and in and out of the pool and, you know, and then the, then the extra, you know, a layer in the mix as well and having to juggle her and like that being all sort of really new. Um, yeah, but we got to like experience like this deep connection, like this deep bond where it was just the us three, you know, under a red light at like two o'clock in the morning or one o'clock, I can't remember exactly. Um, and, you know, and, and really just like, instantly like there was like that energetic connection and or it was being built and it was being formed and you could see like you know the consciousness of this small child like mm. coming through and and like perceiving reality and and it was such a beautiful experience to be able to f help to facilitate that all to happen um yeah, we didn't, like, I guess in some ways we were fortunate. In, some, in other ways we were, you know, extremely, it was just probably pretty normal, you know, where we just mm -hmm. allowed it to happen and we didn't cause ourselves any extra stress or trauma or anything like that. And it was like mm -hmm. this, yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful experience to do it free birthing because there's no one there to say, 
you're doing good. You're on the right track, you know, keep going, like do this, you know, like steering. We had to like navigate it ourselves. It's like pure purity of the, of the whole process. It's unstained by other people's observation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, we could make our own discoveries in real time and learn, you know, through experience. And it was so like natural and so, simple in a way because all you had to do is really observe and like okay like you know like a little bit of like formal knowledge about the subject on my part was um was enough to for me to you know help that um that unfurling that journey to go through um for Mm. the child to be born and to be pretty healthy and you know we we had some complications along the way you know with breastfeeding and stuff like that post the birth that's where really like the support of the midwifery community would have been like you know hugely like um beneficial to our journey because we didn't have that we were sort of like still like you know you know by the time we're a week into alaya's life you know, we were like, well, what are we doing? Like, it was getting kind of overwhelming because we we're like, oh, my God, like, do I work still or what am I doing? Like, <laughs> my at home, we we're both at home. And it's like this beautiful time and it's like, yeah, and financial stresses and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so that's that's really like the postnatal support would would have been like the time, you know, like would have been which is what we didn't get. We took our time getting that and it probably hurt eh, the whole, um, the whole experience a lot. If, if I was um, to recommend anyone to do a free birth, I'd recommend like organize that, you that know, the, care. yeah, that, the, yeah. So the postpartum care, like support network for people to, you know, deliver food or, you know, yeah. come with advice and, and knowledge and insights about, you know, like this whole new journey you know, being able to, you know, birth my own child, like to, to be there and to be the only one there, you know, besides the mother who, through which it was coming, the only one there to, you know, to to hold that space and to provide that sort of security and comfort and um, support as, um, yeah, such a, life-changing and surreal experience for me to have gone through and empowering, like, you know, doing these things, doing these little things for myself in my own journey. I feel like they just help me to realize the, the autonomous nature, the free nature of being human and of doing things and of having that responsibility of being able to respond in the moment to you know to whatever's coming up you know and 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 succeeding and failing along the way and learning and and growing it's like i think it's so so important for the parents you know as individuals to you know to not be stuck in a hospital and just be ripped out of them and gone all right, you sit there and then the baby's going to go in the incubation chamber and it's going to be all like whatever. And you're like, and I don't even know what that experience is like. It was just something we didn't want to do. Or even when you placed in the hospital. So my husband had 
two different experiences where when Loris was born in the hospital, he was literally on the side there, right? Like they put these um, clothes on him, like the hospital clothes, right? So he's mm. like you know, uh, sterile or whatever. And so there's this 16 people, right, staring at me and then there's this doctor and like, you know, nothing was bad happening. Like I'm just having a baby and um, he was literally just standing there and when I spoke to him, you know, how he fell and all of that, he said that, like, it was this powerlessness, right? Like, he wanted to help me, but he felt like he's not right or there's nothing he can do because there's all these people, these doctors and nurses and everyone's doing something. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that whole part was very disempowering and even the journey after Lotus was born and, um, you know, in Slovakia, the, the, the rules in the hospital are crazy. So for four days I had to stay in a hospital and my husband could see the child only through a, a window. Like he couldn't hold lotus for four mm. days, right? Oh my God. Like what the hell? And so if I wanted to go see him and my parents to say hi, I would have to put the, I had to put lotus in the, like a nursery room. It was just this extreme amount of stress. It was horrible. It was a nightmare. But then having the home birth, um, yeah, my husband wasn't too happy about the idea when I said I want to have a home birth, but he chose to trust me. And, yeah, he was, he, he was there. He was there. He was fully participating in the birth. You know, even the leather things, like you fill up the, the bath. William was born as well in the, in the, in the pool. Um, so fill up the bath or, you know, those little things. Like I remember he was giving me a water with honey. Um, I really enjoy drinking it during the birth. And, um, yeah, just those little things and be, being a part and being acknowledged, you know, like an important part of the space. So um, I had my um, – I had this older lady called Liz. Um, she, she was a, She's a doula. And, you know, I didn't really need her to tell me what to do, but she was there to hold space. Mm. And I'm so grateful she was there. Um, yeah, it just felt – yeah, I just felt um, loved and held by her as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that experience was very healing, I would say, for my husband because going from, you know, being on the outside and, you know, completely powerless to be able to participate fully in the birth, you know, and we had a, mm, we had a little bit of a, like, a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an emergency situation, but a little bit of a complication with William at the end where I started really badly bleeding because he, um, he had cord wrapped around his head a few times. Mm. But he was so sure that when he actually came out, he ripped half of the placenta off the wall of the uterus. Ah. So I started like really badly bleeding, um, you know, and all of those things. But um, we, we managed it all and I know how important it felt to him that he was able to help rather than like you know you're just looking at um at a person you care about and you go like well i can't help so important that that, you know how they get to feel that they can help and what you were talking about that in the moment you know getting um you know you didn't know you didn't rehearse you didn't know what's going to happen how is it going to play out what you can do what what you should do and all of that and i find it such a powerful thing to just dive into the moment and be like, okay, so what is next moment wants from me? Yeah. Mm. That's how I approached 
for example, William's birth, because the first time I've been just told what to do and I was completely treated just like body, nothing else. No one gave me choice. No one listened to me. I couldn't move. I was strapped to a bed as well, so not nightmare. Um, and this time I, Liz knew that she just has to stay away from me. She left me alone. I just did my own thing. And, um, yeah, and it was such an empowering experience knowing that I can just dive into the next moment and see what it requires of me. So I can very, very much relate to, yeah, to that. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, where was I going to go? I was going to pick up on that thread of, um, of the authority in the room, you know, because mm. you're, you're essentially like the woman, the mother is the, the absolute authority in the room. It should be yeah. anyway, that, you know, not a doctor or a, you know, midwife or anything like that. It's like, she's the authority, you know? And then the second in line is the, is the father, you know, like on a, on a spiritual level, because it's like, kind of like, there's this whole spiritual experience that comes, you know, into this, this process, like into this birthing experience. And when you, like, I can just feel for your husband so much. Like if, if there's all these doctors and nurses in the room and you're like, Oh, and they got all these rules. You're like, Oh, like how useless do I feel? Like, it's like pretty bad. Like I imagine that would be pretty demoralized de- you know emasculating really yeah. to um to not, to not be able to participate not be able to be seen and and not be able to like even given the opportunity to show up yeah. i wonder this if is it's the thing that if you sorry if you look at the history of uh, i've been reading over the last few months a few books and if you look at the history of childbirth you know how men started being allowed to go in the hospital or, you know, like be present with the birth of their child only very recently. It's a new thing. And mm. it blows my mind. You know, I go like, what? But when you when you think about it or the way I think about it is that giving birth is like an extension of the creation process, right? Um, it's, it's very intimate and it's not something – that like, I don't know, you just go like, well, you know, you just go outside or we give you a call. I, I read all these stories where that's what used to happen. That's how I was born. My dad dropped my mom off to this uh, hospital place and my mom had a baby and then they gave him a call, you know, and then a few days later he's seen the baby. It's like, what the hell mm. is happening? It's really like, I remember when I was younger, you know, I, I never would, I didn't question it, but now it just doesn't make sense how that can make sense to anyone <laughs> like oh my god like ugh. yeah it's pretty yeah. disconnected and um yeah. when you've got authorities out there that are like oh look you don't need to be here we'll take care of the rest yeah. you know you you really don't have the um mm. you kn- <laughs> i mean I, that's why i think i waited for so long to have a child not to say that mm. you know i wasn't this wasn't like the, the perfect time or whatever, but um, you know, like I didn't feel like I was ready. My brother had a, had a child when he was like 18 and mm. I was like, and I was like, wow, that would be radical. Like I need to, I need to know the world and know myself enough before 
mm. bring you know birthing a child into this world so that I can you know more so step into that role of the being the authority and the guide in that process yeah. because essentially like I really wanted to to cultivate that bond with the, with the child with my child mm. where you know like <laughs> where there was connection you know, and not like this disconnected, oh, I'll just, I'll arrive when all the, the work's done <laughs> from the man's that's, perspective. That's exactly what I did in the post on Instagram that how I really see how the, the it's a beautiful reflection of people's state of awareness and their consciousness, the where uh, or the place where the, let's say, the mainstream birthing techniques and procedures are right now. And as well as, you know, you look, if you look at the history, how it's been reflecting as well. Because, um, you know, the, the way we birth is so important. But the way that children come here, it's so important. Um, you know, everyone looks at things from different perspectives. But um, there's so, you know, birth trauma is, is a thing. And so many people, I would say most of the humanity has as some kind of birth trauma that they're not aware and and they just take it as oh you know this is just how life feels or this is how life is but it can be so different and um you know the way you know the disconnected birth where the you know the fathers disconnect or even you know i i was reading about how if there was this was only a few decades ago so a normal birth let's say in the usa was a woman would come in a hospital um they would let her labor and then as soon as she was about to crown, they would put her to sleep and then they would rip the baby out with forceps. And this was just a normal thing. It wasn't just like we're going to do it when there is an emergency. They would just like do it to every woman. And they, so the, it was in this book called Hypnobirthing and the woman even had different beliefs and she her, um, her wishes were different. So she said, I don't want to be put under. I want to give birth to my baby. And they didn't listen and they just did this. So, and I go like, this is medical, right? This is crazy. And then the baby was taken away where the mother would wake up a few hours later from her, from being drugged. And, um, you know, how, how this sets up the mother and the baby, you know, the way we birth, the way we, you know, says the way we live, the, the way we parent, all of that has something to do together. And if it's such a disconnected way where none of the other, um, aspects of being a human like the spiritual is not acknowledged not even the you know if we don't go that far let's say the emotional right like I, when I was at the hospital I wasn't treated like a person who is feeling I was just treated like a body having a baby that's it mm. um so you know how how that has an impact on like it, I can see it in my in my own life how when Lotus was born I had no I didn't I didn't feel love for her like, it, I literally, I, if I'm going to be honest, like, I was like, what's this? You know, I didn't feel like, oh, my God, this beautiful baby. You know, my hormones were all over the shop because I didn't have any of that bonding, any of that connection. All of those natural processes that are naturally there by Mother Earth, they, they were not there. Mm. I didn't have the opportunity. And then the breastfeeding, you know, was bad, everything. And, um, yeah. And then it led to, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with my child. I felt like a horrible mother. And then it just spiraled down, right? So, um, yeah, 
I, I really like, like you said, that um, you know you had that awareness that you want to work on yourself before having children, that you want to, you know, be in a certain place, even though you say maybe it wasn't the perfect time. But for me, you know, like I was 22, um, I felt ready to have children, um, but I, and it happened for a reason, it started me off on my journey and all of that, so I'm very grateful, but oh my God, I struggled. Like being 22, knowing that when you're 22, you sort of still figuring out who you are, like on a, in, a, in a big way. Um, and I moved to a different country, uh, which I've never been before, with this newborn baby, like well, was was four months. Um, yeah, like it was it was hard work. Yeah, it, was, mm. it was everyday struggle. <laughs> yeah. So considering the, um, you know, the, the, um, the fact that we're spiritual beings and considering the fact that when we, when we, you know, conceive a child, we impregnate, you know, fertilize another human being, we're creating this fractal representation of ourselves. And we're also like bridging the gap between, you know, like, you're creating this bridge where a soul can travel into a vessel and occupy it and become, you know, entangled with the vessel so that it's now, you know, primary, primarily like viewing its consciousness through this vessel. I wonder if you'd explore with me, like what, what you think would be the the optimal like the the pinnacle of the iceberg in terms of you know if we were supremely conscious genius beings that we are you know how could we you know consciously conceive and consciously birth and and then parent children like what is because it sounds like you've been researching this a lot more than i have but you know that's that's a fascinating that's really where we're going in humanity. It's where we should be looking to creating the I, next generation I, I passed, of children. I pass smiling because this is my ultimate life question. This is what my life is about. This is what I do. This is what I live for. This is since I became a mother to Lotus. It's whole new world open to me. So ever since I was a kid, I had this strong sense, strong sense of purpose in me living. Like it was, it was always there ever since I can remember. And I never knew what it really was I knew it was I want to help people but I didn't know what it was and then you know I've been always different you know I always try different things and I and I was into different things as most of my friends and and all of that but when I had Lotus this whole world opened to me and I was like oh this is it and I started asking myself exactly this question um you know and all these years so I've been mother for now Lotus is going to be eight this year so I've, I've been all these years walking this journey sort of back, trying to figure out where is where does the parenting journey start? Because every single person, this is a thing we all have in common, that we come here a certain way. We are, you know, we, we incarnate. We, we are birthed from our mother's bodies. And then uh, we start on this journey. And there's this relationship between parents and all of this. And I was trying to find, like, where does it start? What is the, what is the best way to approach this? So I'm so passionate about this. Um, and, yeah, um, I, I call my, my Instagram um, Parenting Starts in Heaven because 
when I reading a few books and I still, you know, there's so many still million books I want to read and, and I don't think this journey will ever stop till I die. I think it's like it's going to always evolve more and more. But, um, yeah, s- sort of if I want to start, I go, well, you know, it starts with the, it starts preconception. So there's so many, um, like I'd say mainstream people go like, I know it changed a little bit now, but let's say when I was younger, mainstream would say, you know, the parenting starts when the baby's born or the relationship. Then it moved a little bit earlier where, you know, researchers realized that, oh, you know, whatever happens in the tummy, um, it affects the child. Um, and then, yeah, and then we started going a little bit back and back and back. And um, I wrote one article where I, where I said that the parenting journey starts the moment you start to wish or think that you can be a parent and you can be child yourself. So I read all these books about um, you know, pre-birth communication and spirit babies and all of that. And there's been, there's been examples where um, a spirit baby will come to a little girl and they started bonding then. Mm. And then she knew that one day she's going to uh, give birth to this baby. So there's, you know, how many people there are, how many colors there are, that many examples I can give. It's, it's a really uni- unique, colorful journey for everyone. But, uh, yeah, it starts, for me personally, it starts um, pre-conception where, um, so in an ideal world, you know, if everyone was um, very aware and and all of that and conscious, um, yeah, they would connect to that spirit first before even trying to conceive or working on that. Mm. Um, Yeah, they would just connect with, with the spirit. Well, what you just said then, it sounded like I, I was like, kind of, I, I wanted to experiment on that, on that front line, like on that edge of like, well, what's it, what, what can I do that would be the ideal birth for this, this being coming yeah. through, you know, because yeah. it wouldn't be all these options that were given. It would be, you know, my version. It would be our version of creating that experience. But, you know, like it's, it was, you know, it's far from perfect, but it was, beautiful in its own way and and perfect in its own way but yeah i I agree like you know that there comes a point where we have to you know because we we are you know (laughs) the previous generation did the best that they could you know like our parents did the best they could and there comes a point where you have to like heal and grow beyond that trauma that experience and then you have to take your own um you know, like your own resourcefulness and your own, you know, attention to detail and, and awareness and consciousness into, you know, that whole conceiving a child thing, you know, and whether you're like connecting with, with, with spirit, you know, in your meditations or whatever the practice is to call down, you know, like conscious spirits, you know, I didn't do that. I don't think um, consciously. Can but I just say something to that? The beauty yeah. about the um, the spirit baby communication is it happens with everyone. Mm. That it's always just the level of awareness, and um, you know, it's like I remember even before I met my husband, I remember just once one time talking to a girlfriend, and um, and we're talking about like one day when we have babies, right? And I said, "Well, I'm going to have a daughter, and her name is going to be Lotus, right?" Like I said that and I was like, I'm 19 or whatever, right? And and it's not an accident. Like 
she was already there. She was communicating to me, I, but I just wasn't consciously aware of that. So those little signs, little things we see or, you know, or repetitive uh, thoughts we can have, all of that can be part of the communication that the babies are having. So, yeah. Mm. So I, I, I believe that on some level there was. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I totally think so because, you know, it takes you out of your body in a way, that whole experience, mm. that whole like birthing event, especially the way I did it, took me out of my body and I was just like, yeah. you know, we had to come up with a name and I was just like, oh, what's like we hadn't we haven't thought about names. We're like leaving it all to the, you know, yeah. to that moment, to that, to the edge, living on the edge. Sometimes the best way, sometimes not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And then, you know, like, yeah, just, just channeled a name, two names, first name, Alaya, storehouse of consciousness. Turns out that's what it means. And then Rosetta. I was just mm. like, wow, like. Like, for example, William. So I knew straight away he was a boy. I just knew. Mm. And um, even what I like having an ultrasound, I just knew. And uh, we couldn't agree on a name. Like all the, all the ones I said, my husband was like, nah, but he said, was like, nah. And then one day I was just walking in a shopping center that I always went shopping. And I'm walking past the shoe shop called, Williams, right? And and that time, like, it just spoke to me and I just looked up and I was like, William. And I got home and I said, it's William. And my husband was like, yes. You know, it's just magic how, <laughs> it, how it just happened. I walked past this bloody shush a million times. It never spoke to me. And this is the this is the beauty of, like, I'm really passionate about the, the spirit baby communication because I feel like it's so rewarding in so many ways, but it can... Like it can make that whole experience so much more than it is, mm. and um, you know it can help people open up to the other other fields of awareness that they are not open to. Mm. Um, all these things, like even people who know who are not, let's say, doing any spiritual practice or are not very, um, you know, aware or conscious, um, when they had experiences like they had a dream of a baby or, you know, the baby came and told them their name. Oh, the, it's mind-blowing. And you can help them break all those walls that they have around their mind, you know. Uh, they start questioning things and I think it's just it's just mind-blowing, yeah. Hmm. So let's, let's move on. Let's, let's move through this journey of, like, the perfect conscious birth, yep, yep. the conscious conception. Yep. It's like, you know... Um, like what? What? Like okay. So we've conceived. You know, like we're having a baby. It's be, It's like in the womb. It's growing up. You know, we're going through this journey of, of you know, removing all the contradictions, so that the environment's perfect for this baby to grow up in. You know, like you imagine like utopia in a way, <laughs> surrounded by nature and waterfalls and you know, animals and Bambi and whatever. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, And then, and then there's, you know, and then there's a birth and it's like, like what, like if you were to have another child, like what's, what's, what's the experience you're looking for? Like what's, 
knowing that oh, you've I'm, been I'm studying this. <laughs> no, no, no. As a <laughs> hypothetically. No, but I'm having another child. Oh, you <laughs> are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm about 29 weeks, so I'm very much into this now because I'm <laughs> dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Congratulations, you sort of skipped the concept. Thank you. You skipped the the, pre- uh, the conception part a um, little bit, and I'll just go a little bit back there. So, um, I really, you know, in an ideal world, I would, um, I would you know ask people to read some books on conscious conception there's a few really nice ones but um, what are they? yeah you... i wrote i wrote a story i wrote a story that i haven't finished posting but i wrote a story and when i you know i sort of was trying to consciously download like a blueprint that it's not that not that people read it and then they're gonna go like oh this is how it's meant to be right um but that it's gonna activate in them the blueprint that it's going to help them find their way of, of conscious conception. Um, so, and I find it it's so important as well. Um, yeah, that's how it's going. Uh, and yeah, well, then you know, pregnancy, having conscious pregnancy is very important as well. Because um, you know, I could talk about it forever, and I have so many questions. Huh? Um, because one thing I only wanted to ask you was how you were experiencing pregnancy for yourself when your partner was pregnant. How, how you know, it's always focused on the woman, you know, or she's growing the baby. You can see the physical changes. You can see the different other changes, uh, emotional, you know, what are spiritual. It's all happening, but there's never a focus on the dad. Mm. And I know that in a way they get pregnant too mm. in a metaphysical sense. Mm. So... Um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm going away from continuing on, the, on what we're trying to get there. But uh, if, you, if you're willing to answer, then please, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, well, the pregnancy, from my perspective, was um, was like, a, <laughs> I'll, I'll describe it as a pressure cooker, but it was not, like, bad. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, really, you know, like, it really required me to be hyper aware, like hyper conscious. Like it was like another awakening in and of itself because, you know, you could call it tiptoeing around, you know, my partner, but I wasn't, you know, like I was, it was like this extended holding of space. It's like, you know, when you imagine that we're all like energetic beings, like you really have to be super f- aware of the energy that you're bringing into the room and the energy you're bringing into, you know, just general everyday things. Well, we're going to have breakfast, you know, what do we need from the shops? You know, like just really like to be present. Like, and that was really like a big challenge for me to, to be present in all the moments, especially with the whole, you know, with all the challenges that I was facing at the time you know, by being a sole provider and by trying to maintain my morals and ethics around um, autonomy and around being self-sufficient and being able to provide, you know, these were like big, this is like the big, the birthing for me, the big triggers for me. And, And some of those things I failed on dramatically, you know, like I rejected support and from the government, during this period because I was like, no, no, we'll make it, you know, like, uh, you know, work it out. And we weren't in a good place to begin with (laughs) financially. 
so I would, you know, like I really sort of made it much more difficult for myself than, um, you know, that, than I could have, but I, I, you know, in doing that, I also maintain my own integrity. Like I, my main, I maintain my own standing in my own, you know, um, confidence in myself. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like that was really important for me to do because I felt like I had very little control over the situation. You know, it was all about, you know, the woman it was all about, you know, the pregnancy and it was all about, you know, like creating that space and showing up present and, you know, like, you know, and really holding that together. And I felt like, and, and, and then there was this inner version of me that was like, all right, like what's, what are my values in this whole process? You know, like how do I want to be showing up and what do I want to be known as? And how, you know, like, these sort of like bigger questions. I don't know if my ego is getting into the mix of it all, but it was also like me taking responsibility for what I could take responsibility for. And that was, you know, like, you know, these, these higher forms of, of truth that I was, you know, really resonating with at the time. And that's, um, you know, for better or for worse, that was, that was probably like something that I'm really proud that I got the chance to do, you know, that I got the chance to, you know, it, it, and it didn't, doesn't matter. Like I had like literally like $10 to my name. Like I probably couldn't have afforded to go out to coffee, you know, cause I was like, all right, we need $10 for that and $5 for that. And that's all the money I got sort of thing. You know, and then hopefully we'll get some clothes as they, you know, as the baby comes and we'll figure it out as it, as we go, you know, like, and, and it all sort of just unfurled like that. But what I was really proud of was that I got to choose how I was showing up and, and, um, and, and I got to maintain my, my integrity the whole way. Because um, for women, um, well, knowing, experiencing it, I know that every pregnancy it's a journey and it's every time like even this time i am exploring in a different kind of inner field than i did before ever before um so i know that every woman goes on a really really unique journey with every pregnancy with every baby um and yeah i was always wondering how does it work for for the father how how do they experience it so so thank you so much for sharing that okay maybe we can move now to um, Okay, so the conscious pregnancy, okay. So, I mean, I could, I could talk all day about, you know, what, what it is, but um, and I don't feel I'm anywhere near the ideal that um, I'm aware of, let's say this time. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, there's, there's a pre-birth, a pre-birth communication. So, again, the baby is in your tummy um, and you can bond with the baby the father, the whole family can bond with the baby. So um, I remember when I was doing um, it's the best. The best place always get the get the experience of um, what it's like to be the baby. So for example, when I was doing some intuitive paintings for my friends, they wanted me to deal with with some certain problem. I would, I was taken back to their time when they're in the womb, and they didn't feel 
welcome or they didn't feel loved or you know it wasn't like this oh my god like my beautiful baby i just can't wait to see it was more like a today and the babies can experience all sorts of challenges when they go through the process of incarnation i kind of for me one of the um like these core wounds that i always used to have was um knowing and feeling who i am outside of my body but how can i ever be that in my body you know like this full embodiment so um i as a baby i remember since you know going through my birth journey and all of that i remember that there was this pattern that got inverted so early that i can't be all all i am in the physical form which is a lie right? like i don't believe that anymore but so many like when i was doing those paintings for my friends there was two times the same thing and it really reminded me how important it is really to bond with the baby in the tummy and you know comfort them they're going through their own journey as well so um so that part is very important as well and then um you know when you when you're really good with the um baby spirit baby communication you get all the answers from them so for example this pregnancy i i had the dream about my son is about to come to um i was dreaming about um what was it it was like a, oh what is it called chlorophyll i was dreaming about chlorophyll like seriously never ever had a dream about chlorophyll liquid chlorophyll it was there in my dream it was a full cup of it and i woke up and i was like this can't be an accident right? like it has to have a meaning that i'm bloody dreaming about it so i i got that for myself and i knew that it's the baby what the baby wanted then another day i had a dream about um poppy seeds right like i was just dreaming about a lot of poppy seeds and i was like well that's what my body needs that's what my baby's asking for so you know instead of like you know when you were talking that with with Jerica you went to the doctor they did a blood test and suddenly there was something wrong right and and you know you you were like well we don't want this we don't want all this fear um that's exactly what happens in so many cases that people look outside themselves but all the answers and you can get answers straight from the source from the baby what they need to you know um grow in a healthy way so um it's such a important bit that part i find it's very important as well for the baby to feel welcome i mean there's you know different um traditions have different beliefs i know that in kundalini yoga you know i think it's they believe that the baby that the spirit incarnates on the 140 of 44th day they have a special celebration on that day people who practice kundalini yoga so there's there's lots of these different aspects and i wouldn't say that you know there's just one perfect way but if you listen to your baby and if you tune in then you're going to get the perfect answers like i wouldn't think of getting chlorophyll like mm. i never i never ever tried it before but it was in my dream and i took it as okay this is what my body needs so yeah and then leading up to birth um i mean again uh what i would recommend is for everyone who chooses to have children so even before the whole journey starts to do a re rebirth therapy because as i said before the experience the the one hand experience like from your own perspective you know can't be replaced by anyone else any any books you read any stories you hear so um 
if you if you do a rebirth um, therapy where you know you take him back to the moment of your birth and you can relive it in your adult body, and you get the the first perspective of the baby, how it feels to them to be touched this way, the light, the temperature, the air, how it feels to breathe for the first time, how it feels like a big thing is placenta. I just read a whole book called Lotus Birth, um, and there's been so many stories about placenta and the placenta trauma and all of that. There's another huge topic. Um, yeah, how it all feels to the baby. When we get to the perspective of the baby, how birth feels, how pregnancy feels, how conception feels, how, how, how they feel, then um, I believe that's when we are on the right track to be the right kind of parents. Because we, when we always just look outside and go like, well, you know, you can still be like, what do I see? But if you put yourself in their shoes, you just know what they need or how it feels for them. There's been a big thing in my parenting when I really started, I, you know, I sort of worked through the biggest blockages of my own trauma from my own childhood. And then I was able to actually be with their feelings, hold the space for them when they have this outburst or they're very sad or anything be with them and feel what they feel and they transform my parenting so much because you know then you're really connected you know it's mm. not like oh no oh don't cry it's fine oh don't be silly you know all these little things that just happen and and are just rec and seen as normal and it's as common you know or stop being silly um and all of those things um and just really being going in that experience of the show and being like, oh, yeah, I hear you, sweetheart. Even though it's a silly little toy, right, mm. for you, for mm. them it means so much more. Mm. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I, after already reading this book, Lotus Birth, I started thinking I would love to become a, um, the therapist who takes people through the birth again. That would be so cool to, like, um, help me on the journey that, and the message that I'm trying to share. Because I don't think there's any anything more valuable than you're living that. Mm. All these people in the book. So do you know what Lotus Birth is? I've heard of it before, but I'd be I wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. Okay. So it's um it's a practice where the baby when they come out, um, you don't cut the cord. You leave the placenta oh, attached to the uh, the cord attached to the baby and the placenta till it Brazil. naturally drops off. So it can take a few days. This is what I'm choosing to do with this baby, and I'm very excited about it. Um, How long? um, How long are you going to keep it attached for? Because, you know, like there's a heart pumping, there's a pumping thing, and then there's like like the decaying filament attachment thing. Yeah, well, it usually, the the process takes every baby's individual. Yeah. Because this is another big thing, like the lotus birth just, again, opened a new perspective for me. Um, I could talk about it forever, but just make it quick and short. Um, pretty much um, the, the placenta, so I'll go a little bit, so I'll go back. So moment of conception, right? And from all the genetical information that happens there, the baby is created, but the placenta is created from the same information. So, so there's a moment of conception. Not only baby is created, but also placenta. And so they twin. They're mm. twins. They're yeah. literally twins. So in the book, it's been mentioned that we can call placenta the first love. 
because the baby, you know, I always thought like when it's a single pregnancy that the baby's alone in the womb. It's not. It has mm. its placenta. Mm. And they share consciousness as well. They, it's just, it's literally, it's like the first love, first friend, first everything. It's literally mm. the most important thing for the baby in the womb is, is the placenta. And, you know, if they just come out and you chop the cord, it's like, mm. Oh my like god, double like, shock. Guys, oh my god, it's like I just lost something. And you know, there's this they call it the phenomena when, when people lose their limb, like a leg or arm, and they uh, still have a phantom pain of it. They, they feel that it's there because obviously in the, the energetic uh, limb is still there, the, the right? Memory, yeah. So most of the people in the world walk around missing something, craving mm. something, and they don't mm. know what it is. Mm. And it's the placenta mm. because it's been taken off them before they were ready to say bye. Yeah. So the the lotus birth, the practice of lotus birth, when you when you leave it intact, the cord, and obviously you have to look after the placenta, you put some salt, and you know you put it in the bag, and you can put some herbs on or whatever. But um, it helps the baby to take the consciousness from the placenta fully into their body. On all levels, it's not just because now medical medical people are looking at it. Okay, okay, it's good not to chop the cord straight away because there's still blood that belongs to the baby, and we at least leave the blood to come to the baby, right? Mm. And then they go like, oh, well, there's no other reason. Let's chop it. Mm. But if you leave it naturally, um, fall off when the baby's ready, they literally incarnate fully and properly. Mm. So it's such a like. Yeah, just I think I think it's such a wild process. It's like going um, from duality, like the baby in the womb, it's got a placenta, it's it's there's this dual there's two, there's a dual thing. Yeah. And then you go you birthed and you go from water world to air world and then yeah. and then you're in the air world, a big shock, and then yeah. like to get it chopped then and there, it's like oh, double shock. So then yep. and then so to give yourself this lotus birth time, we gave Alea some time, not the full lotus birth time, yeah. but like enough time to like notice it, you know. Yeah. Trend there was nothing more transmitting and we had to like we had to get on with whatever we were doing at the time. Um yeah. and um, you know, and then there's like and then there's like that full integration. So then there's a singularity. And there's yeah. and then, you know. So you can yeah. form that singularity in and of yourself, that autonomy is like, oh, now I am all me again. Yeah. And I can now begin on planet Earth properly. Yeah. And even some some people in this book refer to placenta as the God. And and I play with the idea and it sort of made sense because so the placenta, you know, in in the connection with the baby in the womb, so you know, whatever the baby needs, send signal to the placenta, placenta gets it off the mother's body. So it's like this loving guide, this helpful, always giving all the abundance of everything, you know, the baby needs. And then um, once they're out and they're still attached, the baby can get all that wisdom from the placenta, all the codes, all the information that um, the placenta has all the higher wisdom into the, into the body, mm. so it's like you know it's a it's a really whole process. Um, it, people call the lotus-born babies that they that they call in a way because um, they really had the time to 
get from the spiritual place to the physical place and in, in a very respectful way rather than just like, well, yeah, you know, chop the cord and, you know, there's been, again, people who did the rebirth therapy and then they've been saying like, you know, so many medical people, they go like, well, you encourage the baby to breathe and you chop the cord because they have to take a breath, right? But have, have they ever thought how painful it is for the baby to take a breath first time? Like it's a, it's a, it's a sensation that is, can be scary. And if they push to it, you know, if they go like, okay, I'm going to try to breathe, you know, then it's okay. But if they just go like, like, holy crap, I need to breathe or I'm going to die. Like first moments of their life, what imprints are happening? Like life is not safe. I'm not supported. Life is scary. All of these are happening at the, at the, for the tiny baby and it's all happening in their brain and all these wiring is happening there. So, and you know, um, so it's important to be conscious around birth and, um, yeah, and the placenta that just, um, I wanted to have a lotus birth with William, but the circumstances didn't allow that. Mm. So we didn't. Yeah. Well, it was a few hours after we, we cut the cut his cord, and I remember that we got the scissors, we got close to his cord, and he started crying, and he was deeply asleep. And I was just like, and I spoke to him. So I honored that, and I was like, William, I'm sorry, sweetheart, we need to cut your cord now. And we cut it, and he cried. So you know, you see, but um, yeah, I at least felt good that I, you know, at least spoke to him. That this is what we're gonna do. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, this time I would really love to have a. No, I would really like. I'm just. I'm gonna have a loaded. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I I've really felt like a lot of memories coming back. Like I didn't do the whole mm. the therapeutic. Um, you know, revisiting my birth that you're talking about. But ever since participating in this birth, I, I've been getting memories of my birth and what it was like to be, you know, a child, a baby, an infant, and all these new memories that I've forgotten about. But I was like, oh, I can see my life in this child now. Like I can see yeah. my version of their experience and it's, and it's just been insightful to to you know like um to shine more awareness into the situation and choose a different track you know and and make different choices as a result yeah. of that yeah yeah definitely. Hmm. and you know when you when you continue on that journey so i wouldn't say there's um you know, there's one perfect way again there's never one perfect way even like when we were talking about the conscious conception there's, you know, when babies come from people who, you know, didn't want to have children or it all happened somehow, um, it, there's always a purpose. There's always a reason, which is which is good. But it's so good to have and sort of an ideal that you can look up to and you can, um, you know, how would I say it? Like, like Rudolf Steiner, my favorite person, says that um, if people you know, don't believe, I, I'm, I'm going to mix it up because I don't remember the exact words, but he sort of says, like, if people don't have a belief into something higher than themselves, they're never going to evolve into something that higher, higher than themselves, right? Mm. So, and this is the same thing that, you know, if I would put it, like, in a booklet, like, you know, perfect way of incarnating or I don't know what, it's not to say, to tell to people, like, this is exactly what you're going to do, and if you don't do that, you're going to mess up your child. No, 
it's to have this vision of where we can go and how close can I get if it feels right. Mm. Um, yeah, so so I, I found that important too. And then, yeah, so when once the baby's born, you know, again, um, in Waldorf education, I'm very passionate about, they always talk about that each child is a book themselves, you know. And just like it was with the pre-birth communication, pre-conception, you can continue this, this journey. Um, it's so good to educate, you know, read books, all of that, but always the best answers come from the child in front of you. Mm. When, you when you're willing to listen, when you're willing to tune in, um, it always comes from then. And obviously, you know, parenting, like at once the baby's outside of the womb, um, and they start um, developing and uh, growing their body and all of that. Every stage has its own challenges, and um, it's it's a journey like no other. And yeah, but that's a whole other topic again. I could talk about <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it definitely the most important thing is to listen to the child in front of you really hear them, listen, see them. Mm. Um, I always find it, you know, um, I find that, so I feel like the children, they live in a different kind of world, especially until they're seven, because there's a big change that happens when they're seven, but they live fully in a present moment. So if you want to enter their world, you become present. Mm. And you can, there'll be many times when I was just like, oh my God, we're going to park again. I just want to go home and I don't know, do my cleaning or I don't know what, something. And I was like, all right, but we're in the park. So I remember stepping in the park, like going across the grass, and I consciously said, I'm wishing to enter his world, like my son's world. And I took this step and I entered his world and because I was willing to, I was, you know, surrendering to that. And, oh, my God, like we had the best time ever. Yeah. And we seen, he, and, he, and he knew, he, they so feel. So he felt I am here. I'm right with him in his world. Mm. fully present and he took me to like we went to a park this was a couple of years ago but it's such a i have a, such a vivid memory of that it was a park we always went to so we knew it you know and he didn't want to play on any of the equipment of the playground he took me behind the toilet building and we're looking at like snails and ants and sticks and stuff and he was and i was receiving so many messages from the universe i was like oh my god i should do this more often <laughs> so and about him and you know it was just this powerful connection and we can really really do that and um when we conscious when we present with our children we we get all the answers we need um on how to how to parent how to support their journey the best and Obviously, a huge, I would say the biggest part of parenting, as um, this lady, um, her name is Dr. Shefali, I think. Um, she's amazing. Um, she's like this parenting, conscious parenting coach or something. So she says that the parenting journey is not about parenting the child. It's about parenting yourself because that's what it really comes down to. Mm. That all the work you do, um, you have to do on yourself. You know, there's this quote about that... Um, a good sign of parent is not the child's behavior, but your own behavior. Because children, they just follow. They're like a little little boat on the on the on the river. They're just flowing and they're going towards their destiny. You know, their their body is growing and all of that's happening. But um, 
they're not doing anything wrong, even if they're having the biggest tantrum ever and throwing and swearing at you and all of that, you know, it's not something bad wrong with them. They're mm. still pure, beautiful, magnificent, divine being, right? It's just they, yeah, um, yeah, they, they still are that. And it's about how we, what we do in those moments. What do we do? How do we respond to that? And how do we look after ourselves? Um, yeah. It's like that re- no, reparenting, reparenting thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. it, it brings up your own version of that. And if you can go into it and be the child again and experience it and have that empathetic mm-hmm. connection, like build that bridge as, you know, like forget that you're an adult, forget that there's like people watching and there's parents and yeah. whatever. And it's just like be the child again, like immerse yourself into that world and play. Like remember what it was like to play as a two-year-old, like yeah. drooling on the ground, like like you can have a lot of fun. And that's <laughs> yeah. Or when there's a difficult moment, like William's been having a lot of big, big feelings lately. And he sort of chooses um, last few days to um, have a big meltdown right when I'm picking Lotus up from school. So there's all these hundreds of parents waiting, right? And I have this struggling toddler trying to, you know, rip my hair and stuff. Um, and, you know, and it, and it triggers the hell out of you. Like, it really does. But um, like you were saying, you know, you have the choice. And and I, I when I when I can, I really choose to just forget everyone else and just come into his world and be fully present and and see what what he needs. What do you need? What do you need? What 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 is this about? What what is that? Um, yeah. What's going on? Because who are yeah. you showing up for? You can show up for the yeah. strangers out there, and you can pretend. Yeah. You can wear I your love masks. That. Yeah. You can yeah. wear your mask, and you pretend. Oh, yeah. my life is perfect, and this child is like it's not mine. It's going nuts. <laughs> or, or yeah, you know, because um, yeah, I remember sitting there and I was just breathing and I was just like, I'm just gonna be present. I don't care. And um, yeah, and you know, I I still have this voice within me that sometimes in moments it's like the old way that I was parented. You know, that comes up. I always listen. I go like, okay, well, I'm not gonna do that. You know, it's like those things like like threaten him, tell him if he doesn't stop, then I don't know, I'm going to take his toy off or I don't know, or something. And I was just like, oh, my God, really? Um, and, I could, and I could choose to do that because that's what, I don't know, most parents probably would see as I'm disciplining him. I'm doing the right thing, like, you know. It's a um, program that you've been yeah, given. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I so didn't do that, you know. I so just listened to him and, you know, I kept telling him he's safe and I love him and, you know, I hear his son, you know, whatever he was upset about. And after a while he stopped and, you know, we had a great time. So, Mm. yeah. But it definitely, I remember when the biggest, biggest transformation in my parenting, there's two points. One point was um, when Lotus was five months and I discovered aware parenting um, so aware parenting is really about pretty much what we spoke about now that you, um, it, it really looks at, um, you know, child children's tears and tantrums and all of that as a extension of their nervous system. It doesn't see it as something like, oh, they're trying to manipulate you into things. It really sees it like, like, you know, you have a pressure cooker and, you know, it, it's, it reaches a certain point. The steam needs, you need to let the steam out or it's going to explode. And mm. that's what happens to children and they can be easily overwhelmed, um, you know, overstimulated and all of that. And 
not just not just the, the crying, but laughter as well, laughter and crying, and you know, physical movement. All of that is a way to um, shift that tension. So it's a part of um, like extension of the nervous system. So when I came across this, um, it really resonated with me, and you know, helped me become more emotionally available for my daughter, and then. It shifted me to another thing where I was like, well, holy moly, I can't be emotionally available if I don't look after myself, right? Like, I love this idea. I love to be like when she's having a tantrum to be fully present and listen to really validate what she's feeling going through. But, oh, my gosh, like if I don't work on myself or look after myself, I don't have the space and capacity to hold the space for her. So then I started aware parenting myself where I would give myself that, oh, I hear you, sweetheart. You're having a hard time. You feel very angry right now. I hear you. I love your anger. You know, all those things I would say to her, I would say to myself internally. Um, So that was a, that was a biggest thing. And it sort of transformed into, um, I created this inner loving being inside of myself where I, um, yeah where I just have this being inside of me that um, loves everything that I am and supports me in all the ways I need. And, um, yeah, and that made the biggest shift in my parenting, one of the biggest shifts, because then I was able to be more available for my children because, you know, we might want to do all these things, but when we're tired, we, uh, you know, had had a tough day or, you know, life is just going different way that we want to, then it's hard. It can be so hard. And having that uh, tool, for me, it's like a tool. You know, we all have different kind of tools. But for me, that tool that um, it's, it's my inner loving being where I can, you know, I can keep the, uh, get the compassion, the empathy, the support, the ideas, the, the love. Even when I don't have energy, you know, I, I remember my inner loving being reminds me that, well, hello, you're you're multi-dimensional being, right? Like you don't feel like you have energy right now, but why don't you just get some of of the energy field around you, right? Or something like that. So, um, yeah. So then it gets you know to different levels of working with that, and um, yeah. And I wouldn't still say I I have my thumb on the whole parenting thing. You know, it's a journey and. Um, and I learn something new every day, and I'm so grateful for that. And um, yeah, and I, for me, it's the it's the core of of everything. Um, you know, everyone connects to things differently, but for me, the parenting is just the, the conscious parenting, sacred parenting, whatever. The, the whole journey is so important um, mm. because you know the little people grow into big people, and Little people with trauma grow into big people with trauma and then the trauma affects others and then it's just this snowballing effect and no one gets anywhere. So if we can really, um, let's say, get it right, you know, right, yeah. left, uh, be- be- Better, get better, it better than better, worse. Yes, from the start, <laughs> yeah. then um, the world can be such a different place, right? So yeah. um, so this is what, what I'm so passionate about and why, yeah. Wow. So do you want to tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, where people can find you and what you're going to be doing leading up to your birth, your, your third birth and, um, and, you know, and what, what the future holds, what your vision is for, you know, after, you know, your, your new one arrives. 
Well, um, well, where can people can find me? Um, I don't know. I have an Instagram page. Uh, I, I changed the name just two days ago. I, I now it's um, Parenting Stuff in Heaven um, because I really resonate with them. And, um, yeah, the thing is that I don't actually have anything to offer at the moment. <laughs> it's, a, it's such an interesting place because I have it all inside of me but, and I love giving advice and here and there I do things for people but I just haven't come to a place where I can be just like, you know, you read this or do this. So, um, so yeah, I'm always happy to chat and support people in any way they can. Um, lately, I've been playing really with that idea of um, helping people connect with their spirit baby through my intuitive art. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I want to start offering now that when people want to either they're already pregnant or they're planning to have a family or any of those stages or they lost their baby or any kind of circumstance like that i would love to um use my my art as a tool to connect with that spirit baby and bring it into a physical form into a picture and um yeah it's going to have a really energetic imprint of the energy and they can work with that um and yes, I would love to do that. And um, yeah, um, I've been working with this one lady, so I'm going to have a I'm going to have a workshop coming up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's on the thirtieth, so this month um, during the holidays, it's going to be for children. I called it Together as One. So it's going to be an art workshop for children where through craft games and fun we're gonna um explore the concepts like you know connection um love for another uh, gratitude and all of these things so i'm very excited about that um i'm sure there's gonna be way more workshops coming up because i have a lady now that helps uh, transfer my ideas into <laughs> physical reality so that's wonderful it's good to have a person like that in your life Give, helping you give birth um, to your ideas. Yeah. And with my baby, well, um, you know, every day is a new day and every day I learn something new on my journey. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm planning a home birth. I'm going to have a home birth and planning it to be a lotus birth. And um, I would really, I'm going to definitely share my birth story. Um, yeah, that's, I find it so important to share with people. Because, um, yeah, the only way people can know that birth can be okay or can be beautiful, can be healing, can be magical, can be all of these things is when they when they hear other people's stories. Mm. So I'll definitely do that. Amazing. And, um, yeah, and I don't know, you know, I being pregnant, again, puts you in a very different energy. So um, I... I can't have a lot of outgoing because mm. I'm doing so much internal work in so many different um, ways. Yeah. So um, I have so many ideas like, oh, my God, like if you would look at my computer, it's just cluttered with all these projects and ideas just everywhere. So I have, yeah, um, and I feel like I'm just going to take it what I can do at the at this stage where I am. So having a workshop now, it feels like I can do, um, I was thinking about maybe making another one where just before the birth still, if I can make it to help 
people in the local community to come and we can do some conscious um, communication with the spirit babies. They'll be, mm. you know, through art, um, some movement and something like that. Because they will be, they'll be helpful for me as well and um, I always get so many more answers and messages when I do things for others yeah. when I share it. So, um, yeah, so they will be um, great for me and great for others as well. Mm. And, um, yeah. I have to finish sharing my uh, conscious conception story. I was planning to put it into a book and um, illustrate it as well and and maybe offer that because, as I said, it's not – so when you when you read this story, you go like, oh, it's such a beautiful like way to conceive a baby, right? Mm. But as I said, it's not about taking that as a, oh, this is how it should be, right? Or this is the most beautiful way that I could think of. It's it's that it holds a blueprint that should be activated in everyone if they are interested in the conscious conception. So when they read it, it's going to activate something in them and be like, and ask the question, how can I consciously conceive? Because the so I shared so far three parts of the story, and then another two parts. So. When they're doing the physical act of conception, these two people, they actually go into the spirit realm and they walk on this journey to welcome their baby in the spirit world and they take it back. So, you know, things like that can really speak deeply to people and and find their own unique, let's say, the perfect way for them and for their child to be welcomed. Mm. So, yeah, so I have lots of things going on always. Amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Wow, I can't wait to see all this, these exciting new projects being birthed and... and um, well, let's hope they happen. Yeah, well, no, just, just you know, like have <laughs> faith. It's all about timing and it's all about things have their own gestation period and, yeah. you know, sounds like you're doing leadership in the spirit baby world and, and having that vision, so that's... That's huge. I feel like that's going to have a huge contribution to humanity. In I mean, ultimately, I would love to, you know, like we spoke about that whole parenting journey, I would love to be able to support people through all the stages and be a voice that can help people to enter this journey in a conscious way and, you know, help them with their awareness. Um, but um, obviously that's a, that's a big project. So I guess the best way would be to focus on, you know, a little bit that I can at the time. Mm. And yeah, the spirit baby world has been talking to me lately a lot and I feel a lot of calling from there. So, um, and I mean, that's where the journey starts, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you just do them so, one yeah. by one and eventually like yeah. you, you look at, you look, you look back and everything's already done. You just got to put it into, into order. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a beautiful new offering. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to share the stories and, and, you. and your wisdom. And um, really just want to wish you so much happiness and peace and joy in your, you know, your Lotus birth and, you know, home birth and just, yeah. Um, hope it mimics that vision that you have. Mm. You know, in in whatever way that it unfolds, really, because that's that's the journey. Yeah. yeah. Every birth unfolds its own way, but it's so important to have a a vision again, something mm. to 
um, to aim towards. So yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm so glad. I feel so comfortable and confident this time in my choices, and um, yeah. So I think it's going to make a big difference. I, I so I had my baby last time four years ago, William, nearly four, and um, I have grown so much since that time. So it's going to be a, a different experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No doubt. All right, Zuzana, I wish you all the the best on that on that birthing journey. It's um Thank certainly you. certainly a gift from the gods to be able to be a part of. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for um connecting with me and all that you shared and um hmm. you know, you, your vulnerabilities that you shared from your journey. It's um been a pleasure. Mm, yeah th- yeah thanks I, I i mean i think i've forgotten a lot of of the um mm. you know of the of the finer details you know the the freshness of the experience seems to be sort of you know a little bit off the tip of my tongue so to speak mm. which um which you know like me looking back on this conversation, it makes me a little bit sad, like I've missed out or I've forgotten or I've, you know, like mm. lost touch with that. But, but it's, I, I feel like, you know, even with me being pregnant, so now I'm more interested into different things. When I was just a mother to Lotus and William, um, I was more into the parenting bit because that's mm. what I was intimately dealing with every day all the mm. struggles and you know i i still deal with that but now being pregnant and you know i'm preparing for another another birth um all of this is so fresh and it really i remember last time when i was pregnant with william i was i was so into it you know i was so i was so excited to learn all these and go through all these experiences and um and then it sort of faded away mm. and then it came back this time so I think it's it's all good, you know, that it happens the way it is, and um, yeah, it's like the you know spiritual journey is a spiral, and we always go through the same things at the right time, just deeper and deeper. So mm. yeah, I feel like that's that's what it is, and yeah, you know, maybe there's a, a spirit baby somewhere there waiting for you, and um, yeah, and. This way, even you know, God knows when it's gonna happen. Then you have a, you sort of created your connection and bond, you know, in a in a way, because you're opening more more to this this aspect of, of world. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, I definitely um, feel there's there's there are all these doors and some of them are creeping open. They're like, yo yo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of yep, doors yep, of potential. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. That was like, yeah, that's really solid, interesting dive into this nature. This, this, you know. I guess I I wrote another post the other day, and I was like, man, like the frontier of humanity is like is is being in this process of of birthing and of creating and and doing it you know, like from a higher awareness, like a, from a yeah. level of higher awareness, it's, it's, um, it seems to be like uncharted waters unless we want to look at like different traditions in, in, in history and, and what they were doing. 
it's a whole like you're saying it's a whole world that um i want to be a voice for people to to open to because i mean there's so many all areas of life need some kind of you know work and helping people to become aware but i find it for me personally because i'm passionate about it and i feel like they know that's my that's my thing is is this world and you know seeing how you know if you look at like the history of parenting just a little bit um like how children used to be treated in the past you know like the violence and you know like all of that stuff you go like holy moly how did this happen and you know then you go like yes well this is even like i'll mention this it might be a little bit controversial but um so i read this article and it was about um hitler Mm. and uh so apparently hitler's father was extremely abusive he like used to physically be violent but in such a way that um, he, like was like a daily thing that he would do to Hitler as he was a young boy and Hitler came to this place where he was able to get beaten without him feeling the pain not just the physical but the emotional because he took so you know his whole being was like well this is going to happen every day how can I escape so he shut off the feeling bit of himself with the you know with the physical and all of that and then you go like well you know, we know what happened later in his adult life, right? Like mm. only a person who is so disconnected from his feeling <laughs> life can do what he did, right? Like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. It's a um, really fascinating conversation. Thanks, Susanna. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. See Take you. Care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Quantum Feedback Podcast. For more information about this episode and for references and links, go to quantumfeedback.org forward slash podcasts.